Hello and welcome to another edition of Chesapeake Hockey Week. I am your host, Scotty Waz. Um, anything happen over the past week? Any Anything at all? Is this going to be a short pod? No, it's not, actually. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the Black Bears and their big upset victory over the Johnstown Tomahawks. Games 3, 4, and 5 review. Uh, we'll talk about round two. Who are they going to face? Uh, other stuff to talk about as well. We've got some uh, USHL Phase 1 and 2 as we have some uh, some situations there for some Maryland players and some Black Bears players as well, as well as some Stevenson commits and some Team Maryland youth news as well. Before we get started here, uh, I would like to thank everybody who tuned into the pirated uh, broadcast of the Black Bears and Tomahawks Game 5. I figured it was a service that needed to be done, considering all the things that uh, Johnstown puts forth that is not great at all in terms of their broadcast. This one was no exception. I turned on the the sound of their audio for a little bit, couldn't stand it, uh, and the video work was just god terrible. So, thank God we're out of there. Um, I will put I will say this for at least game one. I will not be doing the pirated broadcast. I I respect Nick a lot over in Maine. I like his work. I think that he does a really good job, and um, I wouldn't want to, I guess, step on his feet and, and in uh, step on his toes, as it were. And also, this is kind of a, a – I, I don't want to take over Alex Utano's job. He does a fine job as it is. He was in West Virginia, and I kind of just took it on my own. So I don't want to step on anyone's toes of the guys who actually do this job. I did it for just a relief for people out there who were tired of hearing uh, Recall and, and uh, Nito Idiot. Um, Nico Idiot, sorry. Um, so uh, Nick and Alex will have the calls from here. And uh, I've always been a fan of Maine's production, the camera work that they have. Um, sometimes a little overused, but I think overall they do a really good job for their broadcast in general. So we will see. Game one, at least, I will not do. We will gauge... What happens in game two and maybe go from there. But um, thank you for all who tuned in and stuff like that. So appreciate it, but don't think it's going to be an everyday thing. If we need to, we need to. But if not, I'm going to hold off on it. It was just for for now a one-time thing. But let's talk about these one-time things. Um, We'll start off with game three. Black Bears, uh, when we left you last week, the Black Bears were coming off a big victory over Johnstown for Game Two, come back to Maryland Game Three on Wednesday, and a little bit of a a, a bit of a good start, I would say. The Black Bears kind of got things off going, had a couple chances, trying to use their speed, in, uh, getting past the Johnstown defense. But lo and behold, Johnstown strikes first. Brendan Clark with his second of the series, literally halfway through the first period at the ten minute mark. Uh, and uh, that's how it would end. Black Bears tried to get going, but after the Johnstown goal, it seemed that they started to pick up a little bit, wake up a bit in that one. Uh, so that's how that ended. In the second period, Will Margell on the power play, another power play goal for Johnstown in this one. Uh, that This was over halfway uh, through the period, and I think it was, uh, it was good for the Black Bears to kind of be able to hold off a little bit. Uh, the Tomahawks were going just for long, deep bombs in all these games, so especially in the second period. When they're trying to catch guys on line change, and we saw that in Game Five for their their uh, second goal, I think it was. So 
they knew what they were doing. Uh, Margell on the power play, he scores one. Hunter McCoy, though, uh, with just under three minutes left in the frame, uh, puts one home from the top of the circles past Sammy Vola. Great work by Josh Nixon down low, not giving up on the puck, picking up the rebound and just cycling around. That was his fourth assist of the series. Drew Curtis with an assist as well on this one. Then Nixon, a minute 10 into the third. He gets a goal for himself, his second of the series on the power play, up by the side of the net, chips it home, and we got ourselves a tie game. Garrett Sidlowski and Cam Gaudet on the assist on that one. Then a back-and-forth game. A lot of chances to be had left, right, and center. Hans Colleen was huge in that. Sammy Vola equal to the task down the other end. But Brad McNeil found the puck coming across, got it in his feet, composed himself enough to put it top shelf for his first goal of the series. Connor Cole, Jude Curtis on the assist. The, uh, the Black Bears held off an attack late. And Hans Colleen stands tall in net. Black Bears get a win. Colleen, 28 saves in the winning effort. And short-term memory for these teams as they went on to Thursday. And Thursday, kind of the same, a little bit of the same thing. A quick start for Maryland. Johnstown starts to take back over control in the first. No goals scored in the first period. But 125 in, Jay Ahern scores his fourth of the series uh, and puts the Tomahawks up one nothing. Then eight minutes later, Max Neal with his first of the series. And that's 2 nothing going into the break. And, of course, this is something the Black Bears saw themselves in last uh, in game three, down to nothing. But this time, a little bit harder to get things going. Josh Nixon on the power play. Uh, this was 11:32 uh, into the frame, so over halfway into the frame on the power play. His third of the campaign, uh, third of the playoffs. Cam Gaudet, third assist. Garrett Sidlowski, second assist. And Nixon kind of rotated from the wing up to the top. Didn't see really many options. The Johnstown Tomahawks were doing a great job getting bodies in the lanes, getting sticks in the lanes, nothing really getting to Evola, and they were clearing out the front of the net too. So any shots that did go to Evola's way, he was able to see clearly. But Nixon threw one on, got one through, and it was a uh, two-to-one game. J.A. Hearn then, six minutes later, gets his fifth of the, year, uh, fifth of the uh, playoffs. As he took it out of the corner and patiently outlaid it, Hans Colleen for the goal on that one. Then with a minute to go, Dylan Finley puts one through with the extra attacker on. And uh, we got another one-goal game. Finley from Tornquist and Grady, uh, Philip Tornquist and Grady Friedman. But with one second left in the net pool, uh, the goalie pulled Master Anthony Mastermonica, his first of the playoffs. And we have an even Series going back to Johnstown. Hans Colleen, 45 saves. It was a shooting gallery for uh, for Johnstown as they get off 49 shots in this one, including 22 in the second. So, I mean, limiting limiting chances is going to be a big thing going forward for the Black Bears. But the power play was working good. Games three and four, they went two for three. Uh, the penalties were very limited. I think that's good for discipline in terms of uh, on both sides. Uh, the only big, I guess, real bugaboo about that was uh, the uh, the too many men penalties against the Blackhawks. So uh, that's something that they have to kind of they kind of need to work on, and hopefully it doesn't bite them in the end going forth. So that leads us to Saturday, and that leads us to Saturday, an all decisive game number five, and it was a bit of a sandwich period. Johnstown really taking the offensive to start. The period, and then Maryland comes back in the middle of the frame. Nothing to show for it until with uh, a 139 remaining in the period. Will Margell, his second of the campaign, puts uh, Johnstown up 1-0 in 
in the frame. Maryland fighting back in the second period. And uh, great quick up for this goal for Daniel Colabufo. Stopped by Morelli. He pushes it up to Sean Kilcullen. He pushes it up to Tanner Rowe. Tanner Rowe finds uh, Daniel Colabufo streaking across the far side. Pots it home. Tie game 1-1. One to one. Just about five minutes later, uh, a big collision in the corner between Reed Stark, one of the Black Bears. Stark was slow to get up, and the defense seemed to just kind of not really pay too much attention to it, thinking he was just going to come behind and trail the play. But that stretch pass again finds uh, Stark. He streaks in, beats Morelli. It's 2-1 to one for Johnstown, and that was the, uh, the scoring going into the third period. A big period was needed for the Black Bears to continue their season. A big period they got. Again, Daniel Colabufo from Tanner Rowe. This time, Brandon Piku on the assist there. Great passing play from that. Almost a uh, a bit of a mere situation. Piku passing it up to Rowe. Rowe cutting through the defense, finding Colabufo on the open side. Pots it into the empty net, and it's a 2-2 game. Four, uh, four minutes, five seconds later, though, John Gillette on the power play. Shot from the point from Margell, bouncing around in front. Kind of got deflected right on Gillette's stick. It puts into the open net. Morelli was kind of left for uh, left for rights there. And that's uh, a 3-2 to two game. But anything can happen in the next half hour is what uh, one band said. And boy, howdy, did it. With 7.09 remaining in the game, Dylan Finley uh, gets a, a much-needed equalizer goal, a much-needed power play goal for the Black Bears, his second of the playoffs. A great draw back from Hunter McCoy. Tanner Rowe taps it to Finley. Bada bing, bang, boom. Right in the net past Evola. We have ourselves a tie game, but no rest for the wicket on this one. As 37 seconds later, after a Johnstown shot went high over the net, uh, Cam Gaudet pushes it to Grady Friedman, although I think, in all honesty, Friedman was the only one who picked it up after that uh, shot went well wide. In any case, Friedman streaking down the right wing. He finds Jude Curtis, who's streaking down the left wing, puts it into an open net. That puck literally went across the top of the crease. Nothing for Sammy Vola to do but to catch those rays from the red light, and we got ourselves a 4-3 game. Johnstown pushing towards the end, but the Black Bears defense and Michael Morelli were equal to the task. And they get it done in Johnstown. They upset the number one overall seed in the East Division. And they will put themselves in a great position going into round two. Four to three, the final on this one. Morelli, 22 saves in the winning effort. And the Black Bears will now go on to take on Maine, the Nordiques. Uh, this is a team they only seen six times so far. I haven't seen them since February. So plenty has changed, I'm sure, in terms of uh, uh, just playing styles and motivation and this, that, and the other. But historically, Black Bears have been okay in the two uh, in the two years they played against them, uh, in terms of wins. Uh, so it, th there's probably some good vibes going into this one. But two, two, and two in the uh, in the season this year, very closely contested games. Maryland kind of getting scoring from you know Luke Mountain and uh, and Hunter McCoy and Aiden McDowell. But Aiden McDowell, we don't know his availability on this one. Uh, the, the games were split between Morelli and Colleen, but if you think about what the pattern has been, win and you're in, it seems that Morelli will probably get the start going into uh, the series, and he does have a better record uh, this season than Hans Colleen does, uh, all things considered. And all these games during the regular season were very tightly contested uh, with uh, 
two games, two games going to OT in a shootout. So, and a lot of one goal tight affairs. So the Black Bears are going to have to be very careful in this one, especially considering that the the big guys that uh, that have been scoring a lot for the Maine Nordiques, like Stephen Owens and Isaiah Fox and 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 uh, Cannon Green, those guys didn't score a lot against Maryland this uh, this season which means that there's going to be scoring elsewhere. So it's really not focusing on one line or one one pairing or anything like that. It's just a matter of making sure you have everything shored up four lines deep, three pairings deep in this one. So we will see. We have the schedule set Friday and Saturday, the 7th and 8th at Maine. Then Maryland comes back home for the 13th and 14th if necessary. Then after that, if necessary, I want to say it is going to be the Sunday, kind of like how it was in this one, and that is the case if necessary. So there we go. Um, one, yeah, one and two. Sorry, I I don't I forgot I still have my May calendar up. So it's the fourth and fifth of June at Maine, seven o'clock puck drop. Then back Thursday, June tenth. Uh, for Piney Orchard, the home game. Then, if necessary, Friday night, the 11th, 6.30 puck drop. And then, if necessary, for a decisive game five, 7 o'clock puck drop back in Maine. So there we go. That's how we're going to do it. And obviously, hopefully, hopefully things won't go to a fifth game again. Hopefully, Maryland can close this out in fewer than that. But they're going to be in tough, as they were with this one. Got to hope that the battled Harden uh, situation in this has put the, put them in a good spot going forward. Of course, Maine was also in a five-game series with New Jersey, so they're probably tested as well. We will have to see what goes down. It starts Friday, 7 o'clock puck drop on Hockey TV. Don't shit air, miss it. Also for the Black Bears to look forward to this Wednesday is the supplemental draft. So we got that to look forward to for the uh, Black Bears even ahead of what's going here. June 2nd, the supplemental draft. Uh, what is that? Well, it's going to be broadcast on Hockey TV. I can tell you that much right now. It's going to be 2 o'clock Eastern for that. Um, supplemental draft is just basically uh, uh, three picks determined in draft order for the NHL draft. It's just, I guess, supplemented. You can just fill out your roster in terms of tenders, I guess. Uh, last year, I believe they picked uh, three players uh, in the supplemental draft last year. And I think three players was the only one you get anyway. Um, they picked uh, Matteo Pesha in 10th overall, Kyle Robinson 64th overall, and Matthew Shanklin 73rd overall. Shanklin the only one to make a uh, make an appearance this year for the team and then has been subsequently injured since. So uh, there is there is prospects to get players into this uh, onto this team and things like that. So... We will see what the supplemental draft brings us uh, for Wednesday, and we'll have a review of that next week, and I'm sure something will be up on clutchandcrabhockey.com as well. But now we shift over to the USHL, and uh, they had their draft in both phases on uh, uh, on uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday is for uh, 2005 birth years, under 17 players, uh, and then phase two is for pretty much everyone, the hodgepodge of people who are going down there. Phase one did see some Maryland players go as uh, as the Edge, Edgewood native Daniel Johnson gets selected in the fifth round by the Youngstown Phantoms. He uh, has been all over the map, played for the Hershey Junior Bears, uh, Bears in Pee Wee, 
Went up to the Canadian International Hockey Academy in Ontario and then to the Chicago Young Americans. Had 22 goals and 51 points in 60 games for the Chicago Young Americans this season. So he'll bring some uh, solid work to that uh, offensive blue line there for Youngstown. Maddox Tulacro was the next player to go from Maryland. Uh, he is from Bethesda, and he played for Mount St. Charles Academy's 15U team. 11 assists, 12 points in 29 games. Played two years with Team Maryland in their AAA program from Pee Wees up to the U14 squad there. So we will have to see where these gentlemen end up. And uh, maybe a couple, maybe another year, possibly, in the uh, in the lower divisions before they get uh, into the USHL. But at least they have a place and picked. So congratulations to them for Phase 1 um, phase one selections and phase two. Uh, so Maryland black bears were picked. Uh, they are Brian Huggins. He went to Fargo in the seventh round. Michael Morelli went to Dubuque in the uh, ninth round. Tanner Rowe in the 12th round to the Omaha Lancers. Garrett Sidlowski, tri city storm in the 13th round or 12th round as well, I think. And then Dylan Finley in the 13th round to the Sioux city Musketeers. What this means basically is that these players, their rights are now, they have USHL landing spots. So should Sidlowski not play at Western Michigan next year and want to move up and gets picked by the uh, by the Tri-City Storm during their camp, he would go there. Um, same with Morelli, same with all the other guys. If they didn't go to college or are moving up and gets they'll have the they'll have that landing spot to go to. So there's that. Um, for other Maryland players in Phase 2, a pair of 15U from Team Maryland got picked first. Luke Rubin uh, in the 18th round. Fulton native in Howard County. 10 goals in 14 games. 43 goals in 59 games over the last three seasons. And Jacques Oliver, uh, he came from the Washington Little Caps to the Team Maryland program. 13 points in 14 games in the AYHL this season the third O'Neill boy Cameron uh, who is brother to Colin and Jason he was picked by Tri-City in the eighth round went to Mount St. Charles uh, playing for their U16 team and boy howdy he had himself a year with 24 goals 57 points in only 23 games for St. Mount St. Charles his teammate Jack Spicer and he's a Rockville native as well picked in the 19th round by the Des Moines Buccaneers 9-2-2 two two with a two goals against average at a 9.26 save percentage so a huge deal for these players to uh, go ahead and get picked, uh, especially for guys like Ruben and Oliver who are going to the Youngstown Phantoms. And, uh, you know, that that's owner Murray Gunty, who also owns the Black Bears. He is investing in mid-Atlantic talent and sees it in the Team Maryland program and all throughout. So a big shout to him to uh, helping out uh, or giving a place to play for some of these players, getting these guys selected, getting them uh, something to shoot for rather than shooting blindly into whatever the abyss could be in higher-level hockey. So to have that, that's kind of a nice little confidence boost I think you can put into young players to give them that instance. So big shout to uh, these players for getting to that position, being able to be selected, and then now they can take their own future into their own hands knowing what is ahead of them. Speaking of Team Maryland and their 16U team, uh, they went up to Philadelphia for the Memorial Day shootout tournament. They went ahead and won that whole dang thing. Uh, they are uh, very interesting jerseys. It just looks like kind of practice jerseys with their number on front, yellow all over, and a red trim. But, uh, hey, good on them to win this championship, win this title, probably the last one of the summer, perhaps. I don't know how with 
COVID, everyone's scheduling things. But uh, shout out to Team Maryland's U16 team for taking home that uh, piece of hardware from Philadelphia. Some commits to Stevenson University's men's team were announced this week. And we start off with uh, the man they're, they're probably going to call the snake because that's how wrestling works. Jake Roberts is now on the Stevenson men's team. The uh, the Hamilton, Virginia native uh, comes to the uh, the area kind of again-ish. He played for the Skipjacks Hockey Club in 1819 before playing two games with the Northeast Generals and then going to the USHL Premier League last season with Connecticut and then going up to Canada for Carlton Place Canadians in 1920. Last year, he played 14 games for the New Jersey Rockets and the NC DC goal and two assists in those 14 games, uh, as well as going through the Hershey Junior Bears program as a peewee. The next commit is Aiden Graham. Aiden Graham, the, uh, the Orella, Ontario native. He comes from the Burlington Kruger, spent two years uh, there. Uh, at least one year there. He doesn't have any stats for this past season. I guess it's because they canceled their season. Uh, so last year, the 2019-20 season, he had 32 assists, 35 points in 49 games from the blue line. 6'3", 159. Should be another good puck-moving force for this Stevenson team. Uh, finally, Alex Rive, the uh, defenseman formerly of or forward formerly of the Maine Nordiques. He is committed now. He played for the Twin City Thunder in uh, this past season in the NCDC, as well as the Utica Junior Comets. He only played three games for the Comets before moving to Twin City. He had eight goals and 22 points in 30 games, as well as uh, three points in five games in the playoffs. He's the main native, and he will uh, be coming down the coastline to uh, join the Stevenson Mustangs next season. So big commitments. Congratulations to those guys, and hopefully we'll be talking a little bit more about them into next season. We do have one player announcement. That's Andrew Takis' season with the Amarillo Bulls ended this week as um, they played tight against the uh, Shreveport Mudbugs in the number one seed over there in the uh, South Division. Uh, but Friday night, he stopped 38 pucks, lost in overtime, uh, and then on Saturday stopped 26 pucks. They lost in regulation both by the score of 3-2 to two as Shreveport moves onward and upward from there. Takis ends his season. 14-8-1 with a 2.82 uh, goals against and a 9.03 save percentage in the regular season. In the playoffs, he went 1-1-2 with a 2.18 goals against and a 9.39 save percentage as I believe he ages out uh, this season. I'm not Again, I don't know how the aging works. He could have just another year left in uh, junior, so we will see. He is not committed anywhere as of yet, so we will see what happens to the Dunkirk, Maryland native. Um, that's it. We've done it. We've done it once again. Uh, thank you again for joining me here. Uh, we will have a recap of the weekend's games this uh, next next coming Tuesday. Yeah, it'll be June uh, June something or other. June 8th, if my math uh, garners me correct. So we will see. Hopefully the Black Bears can be up 2 to nothing by the time we get there, or at least get one game, for the love of God, please, uh, in this one. And then we will move forward, onward, upward, seeing what we got next in the shack and see if they can get them a nice little ticket to Blaine, Minnesota, for which I might have to get myself a nice little hotel down in Blaine, Minnesota for this whole thing. We'll have to see. No promises, but uh, there is there is that possibility there. Uh, in any case, thank you again for listening. I'm Scotty Wallace. Take care of yourself and someone else. This has been Chesapeake Hockey Week 
on the Face Off Hockey Show Media Faction. You can find us on Twitter at Chesapeake HW Pod, Facebook, Chesapeake HW Pod, and ClutchandCrabHockey.com. Until we speak next next week, uh, you guys have a lovely and safe week, and I will talk to you next time through. Play that Clutch and Crab Hockey. Peace.